0: Welcome to Know Your Rights Camp Podcast. My name is Kevin Livingston. I am a proud member of the Know Your Rights Camp family. I've been to about five camps, dated back since 2016, and I'm a proud member of this initiative. One of the things that I really cherish is that we are able to educate our communities on the rights that they have in their communities, respectively, and they are treated. One of our mantras is that you have a right to live. So I'm happy to be here.
1: And my name is Aisha Sako. I've been with the Know Your Rights Camp since 2017. Um, I'm with the Lower East Side Girls Club and, uh, honestly, the camp has been so life changing for me. So I'm happy to be here on this podcast and we have two special guests. Um, I want them to introduce themselves. They are working with the Know Your Rights Camp aut- Autopsy Initiative. So can you guys
2: introduce yourself real quick? Absolutely. Hi, my name is Nicole Martin, and I'm an attorney and the legal program director for the Know Your Rights Camp Autopsy Initiative. Oh. Yes. And I'm Iman McAllister, I'm also an attorney, and I am legal program manager for the Autopsy Initiative.
1: That's great. So I want to go ahead and jump right in. We already had our conversation aside, but I want y'all to explain, like, what's the significance of the autopsy initiative and why did the autopsy initiative start?
2: So there's a large need for the autopsy initiative currently. And what our main services that we're providing through the initiative is we're providing free, independent, secondary autopsies for victims' families who have lost their loved one due to police-related death. So as far as what the need is, um, unfortunately, um, people continue to die due to the hands of police um, every day. And it's been overwhelming the amount of families who are continuously put in these situations where they're losing their loved ones due to a police-related death. And then on top of that, are then left without any answers as to what the true cause of death was. So by performing an independent secondary autopsy, it's important because it allows objectivity and and neutrality when performing the autopsy. We have our own independent pathologist team. They're all board certified in forensic pathology. And we have our pathologist perform the secondary autopsy. And then once the autopsy is performed, we have our pathologist then release preliminary findings. And that is basically findings from, they have limited information when they're performing the autopsy. Because the issue with the first autopsy is that there's often a lot of bias involved within the first autopsy. Right, yeah. Because usually it is performed by the medical examiner's office or coroner's office of that state. But within that first autopsy, there could be a lot of issues due to the reliability of the forensic procedures used. There could be different bias that are there, sometimes police that were involved within the case itself, which can affect what the results are and what they determine as the true cause
0: of death. I think it's important that people understand it It takes a special kind of being to really do this work. And so my question to you is what drives you to spearhead such an important project for the Know Your Rights camp?
2: Um, The families, definitely. That was the main vision behind the autopsy initiative was what can we do to provide immediate relief to families who have lost a loved one due to a police related death? Families are coming to us um, broken. They're coming Mm -hmm. to us truly in a sense of tragedy. They don't know what to do. They are grieving. So it's, it's difficult for them to even have to go through this process knowing that they have to fight to get answers to just find out what happened to Mm -hmm. their loved one. And it's unfortunate how long families are left waiting without any answers. Um, All the families that we've spoken with where who have recently lost a loved one within the last month have received no answers whatsoever from the medical examiner's office the coroner's office oftentimes they're told the case is just under investigation there's nothing that they can say so they're left without any answers for months so the fact that we make their case a priority to us we make their loved one a priority they have been very grateful for that and then also have said that we have been their source of hope in tragedy. Um, We're doing what we can to provide them with some type of comfort and closure because losing someone in such a tragic way is just a horrible experience that I can't even truly speak to because I've never been through it myself.
1: I wanted to ask y'all, because you, you two are like the direct communication between these families. And just even talking with you now, like I can feel the emotions so tell me the emotions that you you feel talking to the families and i want to know like how do you make sure you're you're prioritizing their mental health and also yours as well
2: absolutely i think that's a really good question and i'm still trying to find a balance because it's been so new i would say the first two weeks were extremely difficult um because when i'm speaking with the families i'm still Trying to just listen to them. Mm-hmm. I think that's a major component that the family member just wants to be heard. So I feel when I'm speaking with the families, I do have to exhume a certain amount of strength for them. I need to be strong with for them because they need to know that once we're taking on the case, we're going to be getting things done efficiently, quickly objectively and getting back to them as soon as possible. So I have to make sure that I maintain that demeanor with the family, that we're taking your case seriously. We're working actively on it and we are doing so. But at the same time, also being able to be understanding and empathetic and letting them take the time they need to explain things. And oftentimes um, when, when we do accept a case, there's multiple parties involved as far as communication. You have the victim's family member itself, Sometimes it's too difficult for one family member to speak on it. For example, if it's a mother, if it's a, a son, a daughter, it might be too difficult for that person. So then then they kind of might have a designated other family member who it's difficult for everyone, but at least they can kind of handle more of the logistic portion. So then I'm speaking with them. Then we're also speaking with the pathologists, their team, funeral mm-hmm. homes, ground transport team. So there's a lot of it's constant communication. A lot of
1: parties and a lot of constant communication, which is why I want to to speak on that because I think even just with the way social media is now, we see it. And I also like feel so, I feel down because it's almost like our our brother, our sister is also being taken away from us too. So um, Iman, uh, Iman, I wanted to ask you, how do you also prioritize uh, the families who are hurting? How do you make sure that they're being heard and also making sure that you guys are giving them the the accurate and correct information in a in a in a pasting that the the system wouldn't give us.
2: I'll um, kind of feed off of what Nicole said about listening. I think it's just important to listen to them to be responsive, even though there's you know you're here and and you provide them resources if you can if it's beyond your resources, but just really listening to what they're telling you and doing your best to help, but even where you can't, making sure they feel heard. And I Uh think that goes a far away for most.
1: I definitely wanted um, to say, y'all are just doing amazing work. And even just as you were talking, how we. Yeah, let's get, we're gonna clap it on real quick. Even as y'all were talking, how we said, like, the system wasn't made for us in a way where we can be heard and find the truth. I think y'all are creating a new system. Where now families who aren't being heard, I'm even getting chills right now, families who aren't being heard, families who just lost a loved one can now come to y'all and say, hey, like we need answers and y'all are the ones listening to them. And a lot of times all it takes is listening. But on the topic of... Can I say the, something on yes, your point? Yeah, yes, go ahead, go ahead girl. <laughs> so I just
2: want to say, and it goes back to, I guess, your initial question of why we're, what got us involved. But I think it's the families and just our criminal system is truly heartbreaking yes, just as a unit. So it really is trying to do something to change that system right on.
1: Right on. for the family. Um mm-hmm. So in the last two years... You know, we had George Floyd death. We had so many protesting. These kids um who are coming to uh, to speak to y'all tomorrow um are going to they're coming not knowing a lot. You know, they're they're still in the process of understanding. So what are the kids going to take away from 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 YouTube to um tomorrow when you are explaining the work that you do and also the rights that they have?
2: Absolutely. So, I would say the major takeaways that I would like the students at the camp to receive would be one, that this resource is readily available. Because oftentimes I think there are a lot of social justice programs and resources out there, but they're not known about in the community Mm -hmm. itself. So it's like we have these resources, but they're not being utilized. And they're not
1: accessible as well, too. Right.
2: And so that's what we want to let them know that, one, we are here. This Mm -hmm. is happening every day. There are families that I speak to every day who have gone through this so one knowing that there's comfort that there is this program and really that they can trust us i mean that's what we would like to build our program on is trust we want to be a trusted source where you can come to us so we can truly find what the true cause of death is and then also just general awareness of what's going on like why we need secondary autopsies what's happening with the first autopsy what Bias is present and also what an autopsy can do for your case. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's a major takeaway as well is that determining from a medical standpoint what the cause of death is will do a lot if you were to take legal action, for example, because that's going to be a determining factor on if charges are brought, um, what kind of other legal courses can be taken based off of what that determination is. So not only is an autopsy needed, it's it's critical in your case to know what truly did happen. So I would say for them to be aware that our program exists. And to also spread it with other people that they know. We want the community to know that we're doing this for the community. So yeah. we want them to spread the word. We want them to be aware. And then we want them to also, if they have any questions, know that we are always here. If people want to just obtain additional information, Iman and I are always speaking with different people, just informing them of what we do and why we're doing it and that we are here and ready to help.
0: We have a system that goes against us. And so you Queen spearhead in that. I personally salute you yep. and thank you.
1: Thank you so much for coming on here. I'm like so emotional right now, but it's just like there's been so much that's happened over the last two years. And I can't wait for the kids to come and hear y'all talk and why this is so important, because the Know Your Rights camp in itself is so life changing. And because of what's happened over the past couple of years, when they hear y'all talk, it'll start to make sense to some of them and they can walk out and be the change makers. So thank you so much for coming on here and speaking to us. And thank you to all the listeners who are listening right now to the Know Your Rights Camp and watching. My name is Aisha Sako, and I know my rights.
0: My name is Kevin Livingston and I know my rights.
2: I'm Nicole Martin. I'm Iman McAllister. And, and we, we know our, our rights. rights.
1: This is the Know Your Rights Camp podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and you
0: share.